Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are joined by Olivia de Grazia to talk about her top class and now top acts monologue. You are listening to part two of the interview. If you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. What are a few things that happened in your research phase? Well, obviously, I read the script first. One of the first things I did was actually look into Chekhov, look into the plays that were constantly mentioned, um, even subtly. So the, his main four works were very much worked into Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. So The Seagull, Uncle Vanya, Three Sisters, and The Cherry Orchard. So I looked into those. A few of the things in the play, I didn't realize why they were supposed to be funny. But once you actually know the context of what Durang was basing it on, it does make it a lot funnier. And so I really did want to understand. I think I I did actually read quite a bit of Three Sisters to see what that Masha was like even though I wasn't going to portray that, Masha, just to have that underlying sort of um, that sadness and that regret, I wanted that to be paralleled in my Masha. Um, In the research phase, like I said, I did research what Masha looked like, and she was always in black, sort of representing a mourning. And I said, oh, well, Masha is very much mourning her career, and she's mourning the recent death of her parents. And Basically, even though she's parading around, that mourning is very present. So maybe I'll wear all black. And it also worked because I wasn't well. And I actually had just had surgery on my legs. And I was like, wow, I need to cut that. I need to like make that less obvious because, I mean, Masha wouldn't have that. Um, So having that black, I wore black tights. I wore everything black. And to represent who Masha was, that extravagance, that frivolousness, I did end up adding a big red robe that's lined with feathers. But underneath that, once she takes that layer off, which is that layer of um, self-confidence, once she takes that off and she's revealed to be in all black, that's when she really does parallel and mimic Masha um, in Chekhov's Three Sisters. What did you do to develop your monologue or your work? Um, As I just really briefly mentioned, I was very, very sick last year. I was bedridden with debilitating back pain and I had surgery on my left ankle, my right shin. I had this and that. I was in a wheelchair for a good part of the year. So I had to make all of my choices with that in mind, making sure that my choices allowed me to Um, demonstrate what I knew I could do acting wise so that's why I did very much utilize facial expressions and little movements and that like the nuance of the character because I knew that I couldn't be extremely physical with my interpretation Um, so with that in mind I did have a lot of the monologue from a seated position speaking to Vanya and Sonia but Um, using just body language to demonstrate her self-centered, her boastful nature instead of parading around for the whole time, which I know that a lot of Masha's did do. Um, I had to be very conscious that at the time I was passing out and having all these problems and I was worried that I wouldn't even get through the exam. So I had to make these choices based on that. So I was sitting for a lot of it. That was 
a big thing to sort of um, block. Uh, I actually didn't get to do the blocking for my scene until about three weeks before the actual exam because I was, like I said, in a wheelchair bedridden for all of term three, the end of term two, um, and was really struggling. I wasn't going to school. I wasn't doing any of these things. And I was really, really worried that I would not get through the exam and that all of my hard work up to that point would be rendered useless. Um, but based on all of those challenges, I did create a piece that not only, not in spite of them, but utilizing them almost. Um, and yeah, so my development, like I said, I didn't get to actually stand up and do it, but for a, for a good part of the development stage, but I did, I was thinking about it. One of the things that I love doing is basically research, knowing who this character is, figuring that out. And even when I couldn't walk, I was doing that. So I was creating the character despite not being able to actually physicalize the character. And I think that is something that showed in my performance, just that deep thought. How did you go about introducing stagecraft? I instantly knew that I wanted my set to mimic what the stage direction said, basically just having two wicker chairs and just like very realistic setting. I wanted to mimic that because I felt like it was important in demonstrating Masha's incongru incongruousness to the setting that she really just doesn't fit there. And also the two chairs somewhat represent the idleness of Vanya and Sonia in comparison to their sister who is traveling the world and is somewhat of a global celebrity. Um, <clears throat> and to all further demonstrate her incongruousness to the setting. Like I said, I did throw on this really big red robe, feather lined, demonstrating all of her frivolousness, her excessiveness. What tips do you have for the next group of students developing a monologue? My biggest tip is read through all of them. I know like a lot of people are like, oh, that doesn't interest me. Um, and I almost did that because of my state, but I decided, no, I'm going to sit down and, and read all of them because in reading all of them, you really do know which one you are most enticed by, which one you do have a connection with. And my one of my biggest things to say is don't choose something because you think the examiners will like it. Don't choose Shakespeare for the sole reason that you think, oh, that's going to be impressive. Choose Shakespeare if you're interested in Shakespeare and you're interested in that piece, just as with any of the pieces. Choose one that you are drawn to and that you feel instantly inspired by because that will help you in the long run. Do you have any specific tips for the framing statement? One of my biggest things to say about that is if you have chosen the correct monologue, the monologue that you have that connection with that you're interested in, the framing statement will basically just come out of you. All of these ideas that you've been manifesting throughout the entire process, that this is your chance to show all of your hard work. So utilize that. Um, in the presentation of your framing statement, one of the things that I had trouble with because I had a ridiculously long framing statement initially, just don't rush it. You're better off cutting a few things and using them for the question at the end than missing out on your chance to fully explore your monologue. So utilize 
the chance to explain your choices, um, but do it clearly, crisply, and make sure every word is understandable and every word is actually important. And every word helps you explain how you have created this character and how you've endured the experience of creating and exploring a character. And don't make it about the exam. Do it do it because you love it, I feel. If you do choose the correct character, that will be easy. Won't be a gripe. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your time, Olivia. Thank you. <laughs> That is all from us at The Aside. If you would like to ask us a question, please email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. There is a range of episodes in the bank, so feel free to look through them and find one that piques your interest. I would like to thank Aaron Searle for providing the music, Eltham College for letting us record here, and Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.